Hello everyone, welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best things happening in the X-Men line. I am your host, Nick, accompanied in the fourth dimension by... I'm in the fourth dimension, I'm behind the fifth wall, I'm behind the paywall, <laughs> I'm Josh, we are talking all things X-Men as long as those things are She-Hulk and a 30 plus year old cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, today we are not talking about comics, we are talking about X-Men the Animated Series and our little mini review, since it's over now, of She-Hulk. And who knows, maybe we'll just jump into talking about house of dragons we it's a lot happening i i'm so i can guarantee you that won't happen because i am not caught up <laughs> are you not caught up no 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 i'm still behind oh on my that God. one it's so good i know um i know so i was always saying especially last few weeks that like we're so just like embarrassment of riches when it comes to nerd media because we have house of dragons we have she hulk we have Werewolf by Night. Did you ever, did you get to watch? I haven't Werewolf gotten around to that one yet either. But really, I hear good really things. good. Yeah, I hear good things. And um, we have Rings of Power. Like so much nerd media. Good, There's actually, so good much Star Trek good shows. nerd media out there that I am like really do want to watch. There's so much of it I haven't. Sandman, the Rings of Power one. I haven't even watched a single. And I did watch the first episode of Sandman. Me but, too. I, I didn't watch the rest. I didn't watch. I haven't caught up on any of that. Andor. I haven't touched Andor yet. Like Andor is absolutely fantastic, and I love the discourse it's making online. Of like, is this good? Oh no, it's just slow and boring. I'm like, no, it's character development. So you care about characters since you know Andor lives. You have to actually care about other fucking characters. So they talk sometimes. It's so good. I fucking love Andor. It doesn't feel like anything else in Star Wars, and that's a good thing. Yeah, it's but a, I also understand that people big think universe. it is. I understand people that think Star Wars should be a particular style, but like the best comparison I have for Andor to anything else is a spy thriller, like people betraying people. You don't know what side people are on. Every everyone's morally gray. No one's I, good or bad. I love now it. that. Now that we just fully live in a world where Disney owns all fandoms, basically, yeah. but we, we live in a world where everything is a quote unquote cinematic universe now. And, and I think, be, I think w- what makes that better and what Andor like gives me some hope for, from what I've heard about it is that like, yes, that means there's room for all kinds of different shit now. Like, you have so much. You have all of Star Wars and you have movies and you have TV and you have all this thing you can use to tell your stories. You can tell all kinds of stories. And there's yeah. a fan out there who's going to like it. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I like that we live in a time where like you can all be a fan of Star Wars and have different fucking Star Wars. <laughs> Like you can be a fan of Mandalorian, but think fucking Andor's dumb or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's still your fandom. Yeah. And that's why I love what's happening right now with She-Hulk. Like that show is not for everyone. And like it is made. And I will caveat that. I mean, I mean this excluding fucking like hateful people. Like, oh yeah, of course. Not like, oh, I don't like this because a black person had Jedi powers. Like (laughs) God forbid. Like, oh, I love the people that are like, I don't know, I just can't really connect with Andor, but I connect with Luthen, the guy who hires them. And it's like, yes, you connect with the white character, not the Hispanic character. I get it. Very nice. 
Um, but that's why I love right now what She-Hulk's doing, because She-Hulk is not made for everyone, and that's okay. Like, I don't understand the people that feel that everything should be made for them. It's not. It's just never going to be. Like, I've met people that said, you know, I just didn't click with uh, Miss Marvel. You know what? I get it. A show about a young Muslim girl you might not truly get right away. But if you don't come at it with an open mind, then it's never going to work for you. Yeah. Like, She-Hulk really improved in the later half for me. But my girlfriend and some other female friends of mine Women. said this is the most relatable show they've ever seen. I can see that. Because yeah. it's made for them. I can see that 100%. Yeah. Like, like I'll, I'll happily be Pug in a world of She-Hulks. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Pug was the man. Oh, yeah. He was great. <laughs> he, can't, he can't improvise. I got to go in there. There was so, especially when we got to the episode with Madeline, I feel like that's when the comedy really found its place. And the why is not where you think. Yeah, like shit like that was so good. There's a lot of little jokes the boss would say in the background that I had to like catch like yeah. halfway through and like that's actually really fucking funny. Yeah. And like the episode where they're suing the magician and even the lawyer's a magician for some yeah, reason. The, the, everyone there was a magician. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But really, went for me personally, what it came down to was the last three episodes, the Daredevil episode, I thought was perfect. I loved it. It was so it was a comic book. It was a comic book team up. It was yeah. it was a random fucking team up comic that has nothing to do with any story going on in the comics, has nothing to do with the overall big continuity of the world. It's just a, nor a, a random ass Spidey teams up with so-and-so type fucking standalone. It's a standalone that I loved. I loved it. It was great. What it are you was, looking at? Like, it really felt like a classic Marvel team-up comic that you get sometimes. That's what I was literally you like, even listening to me. What were no, you no, I was. Let me finish what I'm saying. <laughs> a classic team-up you get in a comic, but updated. Yeah, see where I'm going? updated with characters that are in the marvel universe and like finding a way to take an updated version of that and an, a different version of a netflix character that they're not fully saying is or isn't from that netflix yeah. show yeah <laughs> being very very loose with it yeah his echo <laughs> like, I, I loved it and again like i mentioned to you right before we were recording matt murdoch is the biggest slut in the MCU, one hundred percent, he is. He's like, he there's is... no reason he's gonna give She-Hulk a drink, a green drink with a red dot in it. No, he one hundred percent knew what he was doing. Like, what people that are complaining that Matt Murdock doesn't say a lot of jokes, which he does, by the way, he does. If you think he doesn't... Matt Murdock is. If this is, so I, I saw the discourse before I watched the episode um, yeah. of of people bemoaning that Matt Murdock was funny. And all I kept saying was like, oh, my God, this is like the prime example of, oh, you're not a fan of this character. You're you're maybe a fan of like the TV version, I guess. But like you you talk this fan purity shit, but like you fucking have no idea what this character's history is. Yeah, like he is legit one of the funniest fucking characters in Marvel. Yeah. He's a fucking asshole, too. He is. And that's why I love his connection with She-Hulk. And, like, if they're as the actors, their chemistry was oh my so God. perfect. Oh, my God. It was on fire. 
I wanted to see more of those those love scenes. What were we doing here? What were we doing? <laughs> it, it made sense to the character too, because it was a very to me like a very sex positive message of like she's yeah. not a slut for doing this. Hooked up with the guy, they had a good time. She feels better about herself. The end. Like that's yeah. okay. And Matt Murdock, because he because he is a slut, yeah. did the walk of shame. Daredevil was doing the walk of shame. Like I love that. Like just fucking as well he should. As well he should. And when he's and clearly when he's done many times, he had he there was no shame to Matt's walk. <laughs> he just was stri- he was whistling. He was whistling. in full costume. <laughs> in full co- and I love that he was carrying his shoes too. Fucking yeah, perfect. No, it, it was great. And also, uh, did you feel attacked because the worst goddamn character in the show was named Josh? That piece um, of shit. <laughs> No, I didn't because I'm not um that fucking shallow, I guess. I'm not that <laughs> good. Not, yeah. For the same reason I don't feel like this sense of like shit every time a white person's the worst person in the world. Like <laughs> I yeah, man, there are a lot of fucking bad Joshes out there. I know that That's I true. met a bunch of them. <laughs> Used I'm to one be of one of them. I might be one of them. <laughs> uh so honestly i'm gonna be honest with you yeah the minute he said his name was josh i was like oh he's the bad guy <laughs> that that's how you knew he that's was how i knew was that's, on it. i was like oh josh to josh i know you're the bad guy here <laughs> and like the show again for me definitely not perfect like story-wise there's some things that i was like all right where was that going originally before you had this meta ending you know but like all in all the message of the show is more important to me and yeah. what the character went through and that ending, like, how did you feel when your screen went back to normal screen and she just goes into the real world? Um, I was like, oh, fuck, it's She-Hulk. Yeah, exactly. It was John Byrne She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there legit is a She-Hulk. I'm not a many a She-Hulk issues where she fucking storms into the goddamn Marvel office or storms into the writer's room to tell them they're doing pieces of shit work. Like. That's a legitimate part of the classic She-Hulk comics. And honestly, like as a producer and showrunner, it was really brave because apparently the writer of the show said the only note Kevin Feige actually gave was, why does the robot have a hat? And they changed it to robot to have like a cap, like the, mm. the capping it had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took that as like, this producer trusts his crew enough to go, as long as it makes sense, do your thing make fun of me make fun of us as a company whatever like they're not gonna lose money because of it like no no it can only make them look better honestly exactly now they can be like oh look we're self-aware here's three more formulaic movies that we're putting out right now sure but don't but don't worry we know they're formulaic (laughs) yeah well honestly because phase four has been getting a lot of shit for different reasons i feel like this is their testing phase like what new things can we do? New kinds of stories. Let's see if people react well to this. And then, of course, because it's the internet, they don't react well to change. After complaining, they want change. They get change and don't like it. Like that's kind of where I come from when it comes to people who are like, "Man, they're messing up Daredevil." It's like you just describe children. I know. Uh, like, didn't you hate Daredevil because it was boring and too long on Netflix? But now, three years later. It was a masterpiece. How come you didn't realize that? They didn't make more shows like that. And I think that's what's going to happen to Andor. I think Andor is going to be that show like in five years. Oh, remember when Star Wars was good like Andor? And it's like, all you did was a bitch that it was boring. Like, yeah. But I will say for anyone who hasn't watched Andor yet, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I do think they should have made it 
multiple specials instead of episodes because every three episodes is technically one story mm-hmm. and especially the first three episodes it would have played better i feel like if they just made like here's an hour and a half special and in two weeks another one and in two weeks another one kind of thing i thought would have been really cool but like oh, it's like it's still good of course it's still amazing and we're in a streaming age where you can just go and watch it whatever you want you can watch it however the fuck you want but that's true that's, that's true the, that's the beauty of Disney Plus, you can do whatever the fuck you want, man. Like as we saw, <laughs> she Hulk. If, if you if you're She Hulk, you can legitimately just go inside of there and do whatever you want. Like I don't think Titania had a real purpose. No, no, she really she didn't. Fun, she was fun. Like she just popped up in the last episode, and that was it. Yeah, but I good. I think the best joke though might have been the part where at the end the intelligentsia guy or Hulk King is like, we don't get powers just handed to us as he's getting the vial, getting handed. I thought that was pretty perfect. I had to work for this as he just went through this thing about how everyone else did the work for him. Oh, you mean like every guy talking like a Twitter rant? That was perfect. Oh, it was perfect. Like it was, it was on the nose. It wasn't trying to fucking be like, um subtle about anything and it fucking nailed it and it was perfect and it and i no notes it shouldn't it should not have to be subtle she's she hulk you're not really subtle also that people still don't fully get it when they're not being when they're not being subtle like there's still people that didn't get like there's a reason they're showing you the daredevil helmet but then next episode weddings happen at an inconvenient time like they're explaining to you the joke while doing it and knowing you're going to get mad at it. And it's like, yeah. this is why you shouldn't. It's still yeah. the last episode's called whose show is this anyway? Exactly. Like that is the point of the whole thing. Like you have to appreciate this person like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I know you want to see Wong. You want to see daredevil. This is not their show. And then of course we had that great opening of the last episode. That was just like the 60s show, the seven seventies. Oh, the seventies. Yeah. 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 It was so good. It was so fucking perfect. It was kind of creepy how perfect it was. It was kind of creepy. Like I was like, how is that not the actual footage? <laughs> like they had to have like used the border of the actual footage or something like that. It was perfectly done. Holy shit. That's where all there, but that's why they couldn't do the Hulk transformations on camera so much because of the money <laughs> they used for the, that equipment. Okay, so then let's get into a little bit of cons of the show. There are a handful of shots where you're like, that is not good CG, especially oh, no. in the daylight. Oh yeah. That, There's uh, some rough CG that in CG the middle of from time to time. Yeah. Like you can tell the episodes they really tried and the ones where it's like, all right, she's in a business suit with a ponytail in her office. Let's hope for the best. And like she'd start walking and I'm like, yikes. Like, yeah. It, but then other ones where she looks like absolutely perfect. Like the last episode, the Daredevil, the Daredevil one, you can tell like it was perfect the whole time. Yeah. And there were some weird CG effects of having like her be all CG and him not, you know what I mean? Like that kind of came through in like, like transitions, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, like I like though, he was at least very comic booky acrobatic. This yeah, time. I know this was honestly in, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not like being hyperbolic because it's the last thing I watched, but like, this is one of the most comic book, things they've put out honestly yes. like as a movie or a tv show like this is this felt like the fucking she-hulk comics <laughs> like, like a direct translation of it yeah yeah kind of all right 
I'm giving it five X's, especially since they she literally asked, when are we getting X-Men? I know. <laughs> they gave us two kind of vague X-Men things. They gave um what was her assistant's name? Shit. I didn't forget it. Jess, Nikki. what was her name? Nikki? Vicky. Nikki. Nikki? Jess is saying Nikki. Okay. Nikki. Nikki. Yeah. Um Nikki comes out right right before like the wedding scene where or the, no no not the wedding scene but for the gala right the gala and she comes out with fucking like the eye like the makeup brushes and everything in her hands like claws yeah and she does like a little X too and then she asks and then for asking about X Men in the last episode yeah man that's that's and seven. there's the news clipping randomly in the corner saying about a man in can oh yeah claws yeah. yeah. That's but right. no, no, I, I loved it. I, I liked it. Was great. I, um, I really, really hope that we get more of those, like that team up feel that like all these superheroes just live in each other's lives feel. So that's one thing I really liked about She-Hulk. I feel like I understand this world more. It has the yes. world handle. Yes. Superheroes. Right. Like it really made me like see there this marvel universe from a different perspective from like a great from a legitimate ground level perspective you know what i mean yeah. like and also I, I was about to say i think like i would now like more team up specials like an hour-long special be fucking of cool? two characters just, just doing random. a thing yeah just one thing just a 50 minute special here and there where like fucking thor teams up with some unlikely person i don't know. I think we're gonna see a lot more because apparently werewolf by night did very well it was yeah. legitimately good it was fun it was different it doesn't look like anything else in the mcu and it you know was almost an hour long you got right to the main story i hope actually they do that with ghost rider you don't need a lot to explain Ghost Rider. People just want to fucking see the flaming head in a fight yeah, scene anyway. That's all Ghost Rider is not about story. Ghost Rider no. is about vibes, man. And kind of same thing with Werewolf by Night. Like it's not really about the story, but they're building this this uh supernatural side of the universe. Yeah, that's Hopefully exciting. That man. means something for Blade soon, even though they had to redo the whole movie apparently. Oh, I didn't realize that. Apparently they were going to start pushed filming. back, but that's why you got pushed back because they were gonna, they were going to start filming, and basically people kept saying the script sucked, and like it had two action scenes, and they weren't happy with it, so they just halted everything. Have a totally new writer. They're looking for a new director now. Um, I think they said they got the writer from Moon Knight, which I like Moon Knight, so that's cool. Um, it's it's kind of funny because I like so far everything Marvel's done on Disney Plus. She Hulk is in the lower end for me, but like I like all of it, you know. So like She Hulk and Hawkeye are probably my lower end. Interesting, because I loved Loki, I loved Miss Marvel, I really liked WandaVision, I really liked Moon Knight, hmm. um, Falcon I think and I Soldier. Would... I really liked. I think I have She Hulk pretty high on my list honestly i think the the good. finale made me want to push it up a little more yeah the finale really yeah, if i'm like, judging on like a totality you know what i yeah. mean like i i think i definitely have it above um the falcon and winter soldier honestly like i could i could put it above falcon winter soldier yeah. i like them both for different like they're very very oh different yeah exactly genres. and i'm not yeah, so, yeah. different yeah they're different because yeah the That's top cool. two are still Loki and Miss Marvel. I love those. Both of those were fantastic. My top is still Loki. I don't know what my second one is right now. I don't know if it's honestly She-Hulk, 
Miss Marvel or WandaVision? WandaVision, I always get stuck because I didn't like the finale. I didn't either, but again, if I'm going totality, like yeah. So that's our Disney Plus review. <laughs> I know. Like, what else we want to talk about on Disney Plus? Well, I, I mean, technically, the animated series is on Disney Plus, and we'll be it continuing is. on Disney Plus. It it is on Disney Plus, but that's not how I started watching it, Playboy. <laughs> oh boy! So we're gonna review Night of the Sentinels, Part One and Two. How did you watch it? Because I watched it on Disney Plus. So I watched it with a some of our younger viewers listeners might not know this phrase i watched it on a vhs cassette a vhs cassette <laughs> is kind of like do our younger listeners know what a blu-ray disc is even <laughs> how young i need i need to talk to our editor um i guess that's me i need to talk to myself about looking into the demos of our pod i don't know what our demos if are. you're that young you don't know what a blu-ray is you maybe shouldn't be listening i don't know it's probably we, we do we do have explicit content we have the warning so you don't <laughs> don't come at us parents jesus christ um what was the question how did i watch oh how i watched watch? on a <laughs> i watched on a like a vhs cassette from i don't know probably 1992 <laughs> um on a $10 VCR player i bought at a secondhand store uh, a couple months back <laughs> and using a $5 fucking uh converter i bought for the goddamn flat screen tv <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so after doing all of that uh i watched the first two episodes of the uh, uh, X-Men animated fucking series, Night of the Sentinels Part 1 and 2, on my special edition cassette from motherfucking Pizza Hut. <laughs> That's I remember the toy ads from Pizza Hut and Outback. Yeah, That both had toy ads yes. all the time. I'm like, I need to go to get that Happy Meal type toy. I know. pizza. There. there was a Pizza Hut right down the road from where i grew up my friend and uh as a as the product of a single mom we got takeout a lot (laughs) (laughs) and let me tell you pizza hut was nearby and pizza hut had x-men shit and your boy liked pizza and (laughs) x-men and he still does (laughs) i had one random vhs from x-men and it was like it was like in the middle of the Phoenix saga. It wasn't the whole thing. It was two I'm episodes gonna, on a VHS. <laughs> can, I will post a picture on my Twitter, which you, you're you going to have to listen to the entire episode to get my Twitter handle now. Yep. I'll post a photo later, but can you see here on my yep. shelf right now? These are cassettes that I recorded off of the television, kind of like a DVR player, but with video cassettes. <laughs> of X- of X-Men all the X-Men cartoons wow. and on most of them I have them labeled as to what fucking episodes they are mind you this is from when it came out I was like seven what how old yeah. was I like <laughs> uh, I have I used I, to have many of those because my brother decided to record we had it on on demand or yeah we had it on uh, pay-per-view he wanted to record all of Woodstock 99 Oh shit, nice. And he yeah, did. Yeah, like yeah. when they made the documentary on Netflix, I'm like, they should have called us. We have we literally have, all we have it. the footage. 
or it's taped over by Walker. Because me and my brother loved Walker and Texas Strangers. Dude, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man, like this brought me. But when I hooked it up, I, I think I did. I send you the picture of like the blue screen. Yeah. That like as soon as that blue screen channel two fucking thing popped up, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where am I? <laughs> what is this feeling? You I'm were teleported with it. I was like, holy shit. It, and my television's not sitting on top of a larger, older, no longer working television. What is happening here? This isn't the way life is supposed to be. <laughs> uh, I got to deal with VCRs a little longer just because my grandma was like, no, this is as far as I go. Oh, my mom only like a handful of years ago stopped using her VCR when yeah. she was like forced to go like digital. <laughs> Um, so neither Sentinels classic episode. I realized because I don't want it to go beat for beat. We all know these we classic all know. episodes. We, I I could literally. I was watching it with Lady Baltimore, and I was literally like verbatim saying the lines <laughs> from this show that I promise you have not watched in like probably a decade, and maybe not even these episodes. But I like. There are lines from that app that are still in my vernacular. Like you look about as nervous as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs is a fucking line. I still say to this day <laughs> is it one of those things where you notice, holy shit, that's where I get that. From? Oh, no, I remembered where I got it. How could oh. you forget where you got that shit from? <laughs> oh, no, but I'll like, watch like Mystery Science Theater and be like, that's where my humor comes yeah, from. <laughs> like <laughs> they're like, I to this day will still say clear sailing all the way when i definitely know it's not going to be clear sailing all the way because my little brain turned the phrase clear sailing all the way into morph getting killed so clearly there was not clear sailing all the way <laughs> that is what i've learned to that is what i learned in the rewatch is that like oh my god that's where like that's where i made this weird fucking connection to that phrase <laughs> To cope with seeing Morph to die. To cope with seeing a character who did not exist in the comics. <laughs> like, Which is, that was one of those things that always surprised me when I kind of transitioned to comics and like, okay, where's Morph? So, and like, okay, so the, people look at so you like you're animated, crazy. The animated series was your first introduction to the X-Men? I mean, it was probably a mix of both, like a, but like, yeah. yeah, my memory of actually, like, I want to read an X-Men book. When that happened, because I, I think I showed you before, like my first X Men issue. It, on I the cover, so, yeah. it's um, I want to say Storm and Rogue on a train, and it's like all aboard the mutant train. They're trying to escape some bullshit. Oh, true, true, true. But when it comes to the show, when I watch this episode, I just forgot how efficient, how incredibly efficient they were in explaining what this is, who they are, One. how it works, and how a fucking multi-million dollar movie can't do what they did in 30 minutes i mean well, one first and foremost it was done incredibly ham-fisted yes it, and for children so yes. they had they had that benefit <laughs> for, for sure <laughs> but like there's little things that really go like all right i mean they kind of did it in x-men one so actually we'll we'll go a little bit in order the one thing, thing before off... before we stray too far from the light of God that is VHS cassettes, mm -hmm. I do want to mention that one thing that was part oh, of yes. this this VHS <laughs> was like a 15 minute like introduction video with Stan Lee being interviewed by Fabian Nerketsia. I I should have I, I can't I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Fabian starts with an N, the last yeah. name. Um Scott Lobdell and um Scott Hanna, maybe I can't remember the third one now. Mm. 
but another another 90s x-men writer and artist <clears throat> and it was all stanley going on and this was first of all stanley in like 1991 or two whenever this fucking came out like it was like he was an old man but it was startling how young he looked because like because he still had so much energy (laughs) he didn't have the his hair was still mostly white Mm. it was a little bit more sandy but like he just had that like stanley energy that i forgot about because I like just so used to him being like slower and stuff now, but like I forgot oh, yeah. how fucking he was the hype man. He, he was, was the yeah, legit exactly. hype man. And so like I kind of like I was kind of jolting to be reminded of oh, like oh yeah, there's Dirtbag Stanley. I forgot about Dirtbag Stanley. <laughs> and and so like he was going on and on about how he came up with all these ideas for the X Men, how he just had this idea for Cyclops. But wouldn't it also be tragic if this? First of all, no mention. <laughs> He, I will give him credit for this. He took credit for everything, but what he didn't take credit for is the mutant analogy to racism mm-hmm. because he was straight up saying like, I was just looking for an easy out for people to have superhuman powers. Yeah. And like, wouldn't it be cool if everyone thought they were monsters, but they had to save everybody. He's like, it was people like you. And he like gestured to the room of, of X-Men writers He's like, it's people like you and, and, and the people before you, but after me that like took it and they ran with this like metaphor and all that. Like, so I was like, oh, wow. Like that's the most Stanley's ever given anyone credit for like self-awareness. And I know, but man, at one point fucking Fabian was like, so when you and Jack Kirby had the idea for the- <laughs> <laughs> remember him. Oh man, it was pre- it was pretty fucking funny. It was and, and also really disheartening to be like, man, some of my favorite characters of all time came from some dude who was just straight up like, ah, this sounds stupid. Let me run with it. <laughs> oh, I mean, like I remember when he talked about when he had the idea to make Captain America's shield a disc instead of what it was yeah. before, and like, like I just want him to be able to throw the shield. I thought it was stupid. It was a try because he didn't make Captain America. That was made yeah. before he was a writer. And he's like, I just thought it'd be cool if the, the shield could ricochet. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's all and again, it, they're all that simple. They're all that simple. But like, oh, for sure. It's so funny. It's just so funny because of all these decades now, like 60 plus years with 70 plus years now. Right. Like what? Yeah. Shit, are we on like 80 now? 80, 80 years. Yeah, 80 yeah. years. Because I think that's the anniversary in the toy collection, like the 80 year anniversary. Yeah. For X-Men. yeah. So like, like I, I think, especially in retrospect, knowing the history a little better, like Chris Claremont should be on that VHS talking about. Oh, yes. But this was this was that special time in X-Men history where Chris, Chris Claremont was uh, kicked out. <laughs> And oh just yeah, this would have been when he his run just ended because th- they timed the launch of the new X, the Jim Lee X Men, basically. Yeah. With like Chris Claremont wrote the first two issues of X Men, like when they relaunched in the night in the early nineties, it's just X Men without Uncanny, and it was drawn by Jim Lee. And then right after that, he was gone. Like, <laughs> so I'm excited to do this rewatch with you because. A few like a month or so ago, I just picked a random episode in the later seasons and realized yeah. how bonkers this show fucking gets. It was bonkers. As it fun. was all about Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. The High Evolutionary was in it. I have also, no memory of him being in the show. He also, was in it. 
dude like yeah one i forgot all about that too two like this very these very first episodes are bonkers and like we have like fucking robots that are larger than buildings somehow <laughs> also like shaking the ground but then sometimes real stealthy and no one sees them <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's start with that this starts off with jubilee and her parents are a little concerned about her powers they don't know exactly what's going on what's so wrong with being different anyway <laughs> So she goes to the mall. This, I did ask for these powers. <laughs> she goes to the mall to vent like all 90s teenagers do. Sees well, who was there? I think everyone was there, right? Storm, oh, Rogue, they all Gambit. Were there, man. They Ex- all were everyone there. except Wolverine was there. Gambit was buying his pl- they were all they were all introducing the one and only personality trait they have to you. Gambit was buying <laughs> buying <laughs> playing cards and flirting with some ladies. Fucking Storm and Rogue were Shopping, shopping for clothes talking but it, the show to introduce when the sentinels appear storm just blasts her own clothes and it's somehow how how did i forget that storm used to have the power to change molecules isn't it in the intro <laughs> i know but like i completely when i saw it happen in the show is when i was like the, oh my the, God, the micro have... bits of weather uh tra- her her clothing her fabric is a uh, <laughs> part like, of the weather situation. I, I was like what in the fuck how did how did that even how did even baby josh be like yeah that's acceptable <laughs> well yeah at that time i think i had that era of like that age where episodes kind of just blend together so you forget they're one two or it's a whole season or whatever i just come home and watch an episode so some stuff i'm like wait a minute that wasn't the first two episodes holy shit and like that happened and beast is captured so eventually when the sentinels fail to kidnap jubilee i think cyclops got the final blow just blowing off the head of one of sentinels yes and they take her in it's kind of like that scene in the very first x-men when wolverine wakes up in the in the bottom part of the x-mansion like she wakes up and she's running around and just sees like you said the most basic version of all these characters so us the viewer gets who they are yeah. wasn't morph watching jay leno and just morphing into people more and morph was watching a bunch of different television shows and morphing into the people on those shows including morphing into news footage of jubilee yeah because. <laughs> which and, and to which she like then completely freaks out because now she's just looking at herself which and that's fair you wake up in a weird place and now someone's physically changing into yes. you yes <laughs> jubilee was kidnapped by the x-men <laughs> in fairness they rescued her and we had um and then Vic- held victor her. creed right victor creed went yeah, to the parents house where you learn she's oh, adopted no, no, no. oh no 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 um no victor, victor creed is, is saber tooth um his dad though his dad is that scientist. Yeah, whatever. I can't remember his name. But yeah, Creed. Just Creed. Yeah. Mr. Creed. <laughs> um, he goes to the parents' house and they're very much like, oh, we didn't want to cause any trouble, but we really don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Yeah. So like she's a mutie freak. You can keep her. <laughs> what sure. paperwork do we need to sign so that you're her legal guardian? Yeah, you just figure out what's going on with her. And eventually, when the X Men face more of the mutants, we did learn that like they were gonna make the the Sentinel program a little bit later when they had more ready. But you're right, like the idea of these giant machines that leave holes in the ground when they walk, <laughs> but yet somehow are hiding behind a house and then walking behind you 
<laughs> and then you don't see it until it presents itself. <laughs> yeah. Stealth mode. That's why they have stealth mode, duh. Uh. So when the X-Men actually go to like the headquarters to attack them, were they were they rescuing Jubilee? They were which rescue? The first one when Morph and Beast get captured. Oh yeah, they were going they were going to destroy all the names on the register. Ah, uh, yes. Which someone goes, I'll just blow it up. And it's like that's not necessarily how it works. Maybe that's it was not, in the 90s, maybe. There no, because it still had like unless the unless that was the only yeah mainframe that had the information. It could be. It was early 90s. That could have actually be. been the only spot. It could be. It, it was it. It could be. <laughs> so while they're trying to escape, it's like a cliffhanger. Some of them are getting blasted by Sentinel. We don't know what happened. What I loved about the next episode, though, it just opens up with Wolverine punching Cyclops in the gut, like you fucking coward. Like, like <laughs> you immediately then, now know their relationship now. And you then I love it jumps into a what happened to the team and Wolverine has like this flashback moment where he sees from like, like an hour ago <laughs> from like an hour ago, but also like it's flashbacks to things that he wasn't a part of. Technically. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, how do like you the beast stuff? Any... He didn't see beast. So he wouldn't know. How do you know any of this? <laughs> but it does like the dream wavy flashback. Yeah, so it makes you think he's the one remembering it. And I, I did realize, like, last time I tried rewatching some of the episodes that, like, they just took an issue or a storyline from the comics from the Claremont run and said, all right, how can we condense this? Real yeah. Quick? Yeah, they, they were just good at that. And they were good at staying pretty current there for a while, too. I mean. I mean, yeah, the Claremont run just ended. So they're just taking mm -hmm. bits and pieces off that. Yeah. Like, a lot of my exposure, my first exposure to, like, the personality of these mutants is from the show, from the cartoon. Yeah. And then you kind of add those voices when you're since you since comedy. you didn't ask me like I had a couple <laughs> X Men books already that that were like just in my like collection of just random shit I had when I was younger, mm. and it was like so like I kind of like was like oh these characters are all right they're cool like you know what I mean like they were like reprints of old X Men issues you know I'm like they're all right they're cool and then yeah that I saw that cartoon at like a like a friend's house basically and like literally just remember them putting it on and just legit everything else is like like it's that moment where you're like oh shit this just this just became who i am as a human being <laughs> like i became obsessed immediately i was like no everything is x-men now x-men is life so i don't know what came out first but i will admit like out of that out of my block of cartoons like superhero cartoons x-men was probably my least favorite but it was three that i love like it's number one is still batman like batman the animated series was fucking incredible it yeah. still holds mm -hmm. up beautifully yeah. but i would argue as an animated series spider-man the animated series is a better one than x-men but they're very close so i hear what you're saying like if we're going in far as, as like in in quality from what i remember like storytelling wise i'm with you it's batman spider-man then x-men yeah but for me like it's x-men because it just like it truly did like make me fall in love with these characters and like just mm. identify with these characters in like a way that like i still do and then like batman because i came i became so upset even though like i never i 
I'm Batman fan. Like it's not my fandom though, but like yeah. the Batman anime show as a kid, that shit, like I was like, this shit is gripping. You know what I yeah, mean? Like exactly. It was great storytelling. Like, and I, I love the weird the what was that? And I was gonna say, I actually remember when I felt that with X-Men mm-hmm. was the storyline. Do you remember when it was like half a fucking season, Magneto and Xavier in the Savage Land? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I started going like, what is this? And that's why I fell in love with Mr. Sinister, because that's where he showed up too. And I was like, what is this? And that's where I really felt like I was being sucked into the show now. Because I was they like, get, like and, and that's the and the reason I think sometimes as a story, like compared to like Batman, like storytelling wise, I, I mark it down. But X-Men does the X-Men show does the best job of any of them translating the soap opera the dynamics the action of the cart of the comic into the cartoon like yeah the batman comics are not like the batman animated show not always you know that's fair that's actually really that's a good point like in spider-man cartoon is the comic spider-man came kind of close but it's pretty close it's x-men did it better though like as far as translating the source material into a cartoon they nailed that shit Actually, I will agree on that because the Spider-Man one was almost it almost did the opposite where the cartoon affected the comics more and they kind of meshed to be more like the cartoon because they realized that's working and they kind of balanced each other out. Yes. Whereas the X-Men one was like, we're just going to read the book and then do it. And that and that I know a lot, too, because like I was like Spider-Man was my first comic. Like that was my character growing up more than the X-Men for a while. And so, like, I had a bunch of Spidey books that I had already read, and then the show came out. And, like, so I was kind of, like, at that age where I was, like, I was getting the comics and watching the show. And and so I was, like, oh, yeah, these are, like, the same stories now happening. Like, they they kind of just, like, really meshed them. Condensed and then showed the same story. Like, there's been a few times because Jess didn't grow up with the cartoon for Spider-Man. I'd be, like... Let's just watch the lizard episode so you guys origin because like you'll get it in two episodes. Yeah. Um, with this two-parter, the mystery of what happened to Morph. First of all, we get Wolverine being sad about Morph. And now I'm sad about Morph as a kid. Now, and then you also have like, look at these giant robots, they're gonna fuck up everything. And then Beast is already captured in the second episode. Now he's a prisoner, but he's so chill, hanging upside down. Just, just doing read, his thing. He's legitimately reading fucking uh, Dostoevsky in yeah. a children's. He's <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. No wonder I came out the way I did. <laughs> That's definitely, I think, my favorite version of Beast. Because in the comics, especially in the last like 20 years or so, Beast is always teetering that line of evil. Oh, Beast has definitely become the the version of Beast you become when you are beast <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you're as smart as beast and as angry as beast and as like surround and, and grew up with fucking xavier <laughs> as your mentor yeah your arrogance not, level reaches a new level yeah, like i'm not i'm not surprised when your fa- when you are a super genius and your father figure is charles xavier <laughs> that you, you don't grow up with some questionable ethics eventually so take us home how this how this second parter end the second part ends with um, them. So Jubilee ends up getting kidnapped by Trask and, and Creed in the Sentinel program. The X-Men have to come together to work as a team and show of their cool ass powers. And they 
destroy the Sentinel program, quote unquote, <laughs> or so they think. And it ends with basically Xavier telling them all like, we have to be aware that this is going to be a growing problem now and Jubilee welcome home, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the show. And, and here's the show, basically. I don't remember how long it takes, but when they reveal that Morph is alive, my brain was fucking blown. Oh, like later in the se- seasons, you mean? Yeah. I yeah, don't remember I when. It, I don't think it. I think it might be. And again, I'm really looking forward to seeing how how actually long things were drawn out in reality versus in my tiny little brain. Exactly. Like the but, time makes just totally different than when you're a kid exactly. and like come home from school and then it's on now. Yeah. So like I would not be surprised if it's like five episodes from now or if it's like three three seasons from now. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That was a fun trip down memory lane. So uh, how many X's though would you give your rewatch of X-Men the animated series parts? I give one a solid for introduction, a solid four X's. I gave it, I, I'll give it a five just because of four, four by today's standards, five because of Jesus Christ. That is, that was like the thing that put its fucking hook in me. It was like, <laughs> nope, we've got you forever now, son. <laughs> Come, you're going to give us all of your mother's money. And then someday your hard earned money too. We'll yeah. all be coming to us now. <laughs> You'll do a whole podcast and talk to a lot of people about it. <laughs> And fun. guys, I want to hear from you. What has been your favorite episode? What do you think of the original episodes of the animated series? And uh, where can they tell us that, Josh? Well, so the go- the goal going forward, though, before before we go there, the goal going forward, though, is we're going to do two. We're going to go in order now, right? Two episodes, yeah. two episodes of the show, every podcast, right? Two episodes, unless it's like a three. I don't think there's any three parters. Like, I know the Phoenix Saga was multiple episodes, but yeah, I think two in general is good. Okay. All right, so just keep that in mind as you uh, continue to listen and chat with us on Twitter. I'm at Xbrarian, it's Librarian with an X. You can find me at Madman3005. And next episode, we're going to be going back to the comics, going back to Judgment Day. We're going to do a big Judgment Day special. And then probably by then we can do the New Mutant special after. Yeah, that feels right. That feels right. Cool, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Nick. This has been my co-host, Josh, and we'll see you next time.